0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another sunny day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First we're joined by Phil Grabsky, founder and director of Seventh Art Productions, one of the United Kingdom's leading independent producers of films for cinema, television, and digital platforms. Phil, hello.
1: Yes, hello. How are you?
0: I'm well. Thank you for coming on the program today. Now, normally we charge headlong into the subject of leadership, but considering the ongoing COVID outbreak, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, how is this affecting your operations?
1: Well, I think it's affected us very substantially. Um, Our primary outlet for the films that we make is a, a, a unique The film's called Exhibition on Screen. And these are directed first and foremost at the cinema. We play in 67 and pretty much universally those cinemas shut down. Mm. So in March, we lost our entire market. That's over 1,500 cinemas. Um, Now, they are starting to trickle back in, but uh, with all sorts of kind of COVID-imposed regulations, which means that in some cases, or in most cases, you're talking 25% of potential audience, 30% maybe. And our demographic is an older demographic, who some of whom are clearly nervous about going back to the cinema. So that was, that was a very significant change to us. But we've always had the secondary markets of television, DVD, digital platforms. And I think one of the lessons of something like this is You've got to be flexible when something comes along. You analyse as best you can and think, okay, so how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to, um, you know, position our films into other markets for the time being, or indeed for the long term?
0: Now, of course, um, the world uh, of the consumption of media has changed uh, very much over the past uh, ten, fifteen years. Have you seen a decline in attendance at physical cinema screenings? Uh, Is the uh, world moving more towards new media? Or do you think that there's room for these two platforms to coexist?
1: I've made over 200 films, and many of those have been biographies. And in every single case, whether it was Muhammad Ali, Mozart, uh, Monet, technology, and the development of technology always plays a significant role. There's something that happens which affects their lives and their creative output. It's true of Leonardo, it's true of Remoir, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's no different for us today. and the technology in the world of cinema and filmmaking generally over the last 20 years has changed incredibly to the extent that now I don't think cinema needs to be any better. In, a, in terms of their visual and audio quality. The most significant thing is that I can now distribute films digitally. I no longer have to send my films out in big tins of film, which was very heavy and very expensive and cumbersome and inhibitive. Now I can send it by satellite if I wish to, or uh, by on small hard drives, um, or even just down the line. That means that cinemas around the world, from small village halls to 2,000 seaters, now have far more content to choose from. Where we position exhibition on screen is something known as event cinema. Event cinema has been with us for about a decade, and it includes opera, theatre, ballet, and us producing art films. And our audiences are increasing. Event cinema is is an increasingly significant part of cinema income um so it's actually very popular and even during covid where we've been putting films out on on the digital platforms national theater live did it with one man two governors and they they're talking about eight million people viewed that that uh, that theatrical production now a view might only be a few minutes long it's hard to know we put out films um on various sites, which have had two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand people. Number of things there. One, it confirmed, which I've always known. I mean, for twenty years, we've been the primary producer of arts films, and I've come across all sorts of challenges. Not least, people saying, "No, interested in the arts." That's nonsense. There's a huge interest and in, a huge market for the arts. And if anything, COVID actually has, I think, encouraged people to re-evaluate how important arts are to them and to the community as a whole. So our cinema audiences were increasing worldwide. I mean, we're very popular in places like Colombia and Ukraine. I have to say, though, that I don't think it's possible to model to really comprehend what will be the impact moving forwards. Um, I think that if if cinemas are limited to 25% occupancy, that will have a huge impact. Um, we'll have to see, but what you've also had, and again, this is this shows the flexibility of humans. That older demographic that were nervous about engaging with technology, they all know they all know now, or many many more know now how to use Skype and Facebook and YouTube and all the rest of it to to access programming, Amazon, Netflix, and so on. Um, and so I think that the the distribution of films via Digital platforms clearly is increasing hugely. And it will be very interesting to see how television responds. Um, I think that they are suffering at the moment because of these competitors. But again, they're going to have to be flexible. And I think from my perspective, one of the things they might realize is that actually there isn't a market for intelligent films about culture. And it doesn't have to be all about celebrity, you know, We don't have to have a celebrity talking to us about paintings. We can have an expert talking to us about paintings, for example. So we'll see.
0: Well, we should move on to the subject of leadership. I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: I think a leader for me is somebody that has analysed a situation. And from their experience and their knowledge, they're able to come to a conclusion about the best way forwards. They're able to articulate that, and they're able to drive forwards towards a, you know, give you a sense of the destination that you that you want to get to, and and that you want to be with them on that journey. One of the the first military history series that Channel Four ever made was a series that I made for them called The Great Commanders, and it was fascinating that. I focused on six commanders from Alexander the Great, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Nelson, Napoleon, Ulysses S. Grant, and Marshal Georgi Zhukov, who essentially was the preeminent general of the Second World War. And each of them had very similar characteristics. And it was that sense of being a leader that others wanted to follow. at times they might have been forced to, at times they might have had no choice, but there was also that sense of, With this person, we are going to get to the destination that we have been convinced convinced is the right destination to get to. So what I look for in a leader is somebody that is compassionate, intelligent, but has analysed the situation and giving it to me straight. I do think one of the mistakes that politicians are prone to making now is they are so keen on trying to... Um, give us a kind of daily report which encourages us and tell, tells us that things are getting better and we're doing 100,000 tests or we've delivered a million items of PPE. But then somebody points out that actually each individual glove is being ca- you know counted as one item or many other examples. That's not great leadership because you start to think, I'm not sure that our, their journey is exactly the one I want to be on. I'm not sure if I can completely trust them where somehow the great leaders convince you that they are telling it to you straight, and with them, you can get to the destination you want to get to.
0: Well, unfortunately, our time together has drawn to its close, Phil, but before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Seventh Art Productions?
1: Well, I made a decision many, many years ago that it is such hard work making films that the first thing you have to do is to make films about subjects that you're passionate about. Right now, I'm making a film about Raphael. I'm also making a film, a 20-year project that we've been engaged in, watching and following a young boy growing up in Afghanistan. That's coming to its conclusion next year, 20 years in Afghanistan. Um, We have another film that we're making about Caravaggio. So on, on a production sense, it's exciting because we're working on great projects. From a company point of view, every day we talk about this, you know, the furloughing of staff, When are we going to reopen? What are our markets going to look like? But you have to approach it with positivity and enthusiasm and a bit of nimbleness. Um, We've always been a little bit cautious, um, but that's holding us in good stead now. So I'm I'm unwilling to suggest exactly how things are going to pan out, but I'm enthusiastic about it. Um, I've got a great team. That's also very important. And I don't know. I almost want to be 12 months from now looking back to see how things have panned out, because I think it's a little hard to predict. But, you know, enthusiasm and hard work and and an application will, I hope, continue to hold us in good stead.
0: Well, Phil, I'd like to thank you again for coming on the program. It's been a pleasure, and I do hope that we can have you back when things do settle down a bit to see how things have progressed. Phil, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Phil Gramsky, founder and director of Seventh Heart Productions. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by
2: former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Sir Geoff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today.
3: Uh, You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, uh, I do understand clearly, all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident. I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships. And you could almost tell when you walked into the business uh, in the, many of the car dealerships, they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's, thats for me, in terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before I was I was playing, and I played with the Immigrés in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final, and it looked at that stage as if I was going to be
2: uh, well, you want I, mean, I can tell you sorry. if you want.
3: you want. You got time. I can tell I you if you want. Jeff, go on,
2: go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay,
3: so I was uh, doing it at a dinner in, in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was, there was a few of questions. And then all of a sudden, I had somebody at the back who
2: Uh, well, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with
3: things <laughs> well, no, like I just, that. But no, then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well, so it, uh, um, it did make it again, if, you could,
2: if you could put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but th- th- there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think um, you, you were a young man when...
3: and I wouldn't pick any one player out, I think, looking at There's that... so many. yeah, so many, and that's why we we're successful because we had so many um showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to, to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. and there was nobody, and I' going back from an earlier earlier question for me, the um, all hard nosed professionals.